Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about baby sign language. And to do that, I have brought on Angela Johnson Sutherland. Hello, Angela. Hi, how are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy I'm so to excited be to be here. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, before we get into baby sign language, let's hear a little bit about your background and you contribute to the nanny community in so many ways. I would love to revisit those. Well, um, I started with sign language because of my son. He was born with fluid on his ears. So his hearing was like listening to someone talk underwater. And he had chronic ear infections for the first year of his life. And then he got a set of tubes and it got better. And then about 18 months old, they fell out again. And he got more uh, ear infections and we were on medicine for a year. So it just stemmed from that, from him having the tubes in his ears. And he ended up with a hole in his eardrum because the tubes were in there so long. They were only supposed to last for three or four years, but they lasted six years. So his eardrum grew around the tube. So he had hearing problems. And so it stemmed with him, me teaching him as a baby, how to just signs like milk and please and thank you just little signs that I taught him so that he could communicate because he was very quiet. But um, when I did my student teaching, when I went to school and got my degree in early childhood education, I did my student teaching in a physical and motor development uh, clinic because I specialize in special education. Mm -hmm. And they paired me with a child who could hear but couldn't speak. Ah. So he's signing at me and I'm like ah. <laughs> so I was like I, I don't know I don't know what you're talking about because I taught my son a few words and because once the tubes came in he could hear right but I didn't learn sign language so this little boy encouraged me to take 
sign language. It was on a college campus. So I took the sign language classes one, two, and three, and I started teaching baby sign language. And once I started teaching, I became, I had a, I created a play group, which is called, what's called Tot Talk Play Group. And I had three different uh, locations. And then I did in-home classes and it just started flourishing from there. Uh, but when I moved from DC, I kind of dropped it off. Right. Um, but I do, as a nanny, I still teach individual children. I do ask the parents if they would like for me to teach baby sign language to their child as a way of communicating. And most of them say yes, and some of them have concerns. So it just depends. And I we, I went even further and uh, got certified by Baby Signing Time. Uh, it's um, it's a sign language program that comes on TV. Uh, Rachel, and I love Rachel. It comes on <laughs> Netflix, and now she has her own TV. The it comes on. It depends on where you are, which TV station it comes on. Right. But I got certified by her company to become a Baby Sign Language sign language instructor by baby signing time so I still um, do a lot of baby signs and and when I say baby signs it's actually American sign language but babies interpret it differently so it's there's an extra layer yeah extra layer there for yeah okay great and just as we're talking so that um, any listeners that maybe don't know anything about baby sign language versus American Sign Language, which is abbreviated as ASL. So if you hear us say ASL, we're talking about American Sign Language. Um, what What is baby sign language? Well, when I do baby sign language, when I refer to baby sign language, I refer to the first signs. And when I say the first signs, I mean milk and please and thank you and eat. Those are some of the, the, the four basic signs that I teach babies first yeah. because that's a part of their day every day. Right. And I start as soon as the baby is born. If I'm there when the baby is born, I start when the baby is born. Now, ASL it's more advanced when you're speaking in sentences and you're speaking, uh, you, well, I shouldn't say speaking because right. it's signing. You're signing in sentences mm-hmm. and you're signing uh, on a more advanced level. Babies, right. I teach one word at a time. Right. Um, I expect, and when I say one word at a time, I sign as I speak, but I only sign the words that I, I feel are important for the baby to know. Okay. I don't sign. I don't sign every word that I speak because sign language is it looks backwards when mm-hmm. you when you sign and when you speak, you don't sign every every word that you speak. And the sentence structure of sign language is kind of backwards compared to speaking. Right. So, it would sound crazy if I started signing as I'm talking and translating what I'm talking into signs and someone reading the knowing sign languages, they're fine with it. But someone who speaks English and can hear and they're like, what are you doing? That, that's wrong. That's that's an instruction is, isn't right. But that's what it means when I, I say ASL, which is American Sign Language and baby sign language. I break it down for them. I don't 
try to sign every word, just the important words. So if I was to tell the baby, are you ready to eat? Mm -hmm. I don't sign, are you ready to? Mm -hmm. I just sign, are you ready? I just sign eat. That's what the baby's going to get. That's the essence of what the baby needs is to eat. So I sign eat. I ask a question so they will learn English sentence structure, but I sign the word eat so that they can communicate back to me. It's easy for a child to go like this. Some of them go like this. Some of them go like this. (laughs) Depends on some of them go like this. It just depends on your baby as to what they're going to sign. Right. And so you said that you start as soon as the baby is born. Yes. Um, When should parents and or nannies start let's say that a nanny doesn't start with a family until the baby is four months or so I would start immediately okay because at four months old the babies are able to grasp things Mm -hmm. and they may not be able to hold on to them for a long time but they're starting to grasp things they're starting to hit at things they're starting if they're doing tummy time they're starting to push themselves up Right. So they can use their hands before they can speak, which is the whole purpose of baby sign language. Right. And because they can use their hands before they can speak, I like to start early so they're familiar with the words that I'm talking about. Right. And so they're familiar when I say eat and I sign eat, they know, oh, that's eat. And pretty soon... When you ask a child, are you talking, they will start mimicking what you do. Right. Even whether you're doing sign language or not, children are going to mimic what you do. So you might as well. And <laughs> might as well do sign language. You might as well, you know, if you tell, you know, start kicking their feet, you start kicking your feet and they start kicking their feet. Well, might as well use your hands and do sign language. Yeah, for sure. When, um, can you expect a child to start signing back? Um, I mean, I know it depends on like when you start and stuff, but what I guess what's the earliest you've seen a child start to use sign language and what is maybe the latest just for a range? Well, I've worked with children from birth until up to 12, 13 years old. The youngest that I've seen that I have worked personally worked with uh, has been five months old. Okay. But she was, uh, I should say, above the, the curve. Right. Uh, she was very smart. She was very, she started trying to hold her bottle at, at six weeks old. Wow. And she would just, you know, grab on. Every time I gave her the bottle, she would grab on and grab on and grab on. And I'm thinking, really? Can she really hold this bottle? And... One day she was almost done and I let go of the bottle and she just held it there. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so I guess we're holding the bottle now. So like I said, it just depends on the child. I've also had children that I've done like babysitting for, uh, like Saturday night, occasional babysitting. And uh, I go in and I start talking because I'm so used to talking with my hands. Mm-hmm. I'll go in and I'll start taking, talking with the baby. Oh, you're eating. You And the baby will look at me and start going like this. And the parents are like, how did you teach him that? Right? The, as your baby is just repeating what he sees. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that he knows what he's doing, right. but he's repeating what he sees. 
And that's the prime time, the prime, when they start repeating what they see, that's a prime time to teach. Okay, great. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, is there, you kind of mentioned the four basic signs. Is there an order of teaching the signs? I wouldn't necessarily say an order, but as I talk to children, um, I tell them that I'm changing their pamper and I'll sign it to them. But the four basic signs that I do teach is eat Mm -hmm. and thank you and please Mm -hmm. and milk. Because I start babies before they start eating, my first sign that I teach them is with the younger ones is milk right. because that's what they're drinking. It's milk. And it looks, it, it's supposed to be like like you're milking a cow, but uh-huh. most babies are only going to do one hand. Right. And it kind of looks sometimes it like this. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they go like, like this. It, it's like a wave. Sometimes it's like this. It, it just <laughs> depends on the child. But I continue to show the correct movement. And as they get older, they'll start, their movements will either, they'll create a habit of that one movement because you responded to that one movement the first time, mm-hmm. they'll continue that habit of doing that. Or sometimes they will change and it goes from a wave to more of a hand grasp like this. Right. So it just depends upon your child, know your child. Right. Is there, um, is there a better way of doing it of not like, should you not respond until they do it correctly, or? No, I wouldn't say don't respond until okay. they do it correctly. Respond because you're teaching. Okay. And right. and you would want to encourage them to continue to, to sign whatever they're signing. You want to continue to teach them to sign and continue to encourage them to sign. Because if you don't respond, they're like, oh. This so I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to do this. I don't. I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, whatever it is I'm supposed to be receiving from signing, I'm not getting that because. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> She's not responding. I don't know. So if you see them trying to sign, even if it's the wrong sign, I've tried to to to, to teach thank you. I had a child couldn't think of what it was. She went, please, and thank you, and milk. And she was like, I don't know which one I'm supposed to be using, but I'm going to use them all so I can get whatever it is I want. Right. So I encourage them you to continue to sign with your babies, even if they get the, the sign wrong. Just, you know, they want if they want milk, and and you they go like this. Yes, you want milk. Yes, okay, let's have some milk. Encourage them and reinforce what you're teaching them. Right. So the communication is more important than right. perfection. Right. right. Communication. That's what it's all about. Baby style language is to communicate. They're right. communicating, so their frustrations will be at a minimum. Yeah. So when you're pitching it to parents. Um, or talking to them about why you do baby sign language. What what kind of things do you include in that um, for reasons behind doing it? Well, first of all, uh, I, science scientific studies have shown that a baby's IQ who does sign language is eight to twelve points higher than those who don't do do sign language. That's not to say that 
your baby's going to be super smart when they get older because eight to 12 points is, it's not a lot, but it is, it will get them started. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's a a ASL or baby sign language. It's a second language. Right. And think about it. Your baby's learning English and Spanish or English and French and English and and Portuguese or English and German. It's a second language. So as a second language, you know, they may drop off. But if you continue to, to teach them, they'll continue to learn. I had a, a couple of uh, children. Mom was very skeptical about her children learning, but I taught them sign language, and we kept using sign language up until they were like two and a half when they went to preschool. And it just so happens after they went to preschool, I left. Mom sent me a message, and she said, "You are not going to believe this." A little child came to the kid's school that could that was uh, signing. He couldn't hear, and he had. Um, she said he had double hearing aids, but he was signing, and the twins they were signing with them, and oh. it, and the, and the teacher was so surprised because they recognized the sign language and they started signing with the the the, the other child, and they became best friends, and and I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> So that story I always share with families because you never know who your child is going to run into that may need assistance. And that child may have otherwise felt isolated in an environment where nobody knew his first language because his first language was sign language and not English because that's what he learned first. And that's what he was most comfortable with. And it was funny because she sent me pictures and videos of them signing to one another and just carrying on conversations because by the time they got two years old, they knew a lot of words. So they were able to communicate with this other child. So I present that story first and foremost Mm -hmm. to the parents that, you know, if they continue to learn, it is a second language and it will help them later on in life, whether it's at two years old or older, if they continue to study. I also tell parents that it's a way of communicating with them. Mm -hmm. If you know what your child wants, you won't be standing there at the cabinet and your child's going, "Eh, eh, eh, eh," and you're like, okay, so you want a cracker? You want macaroni and cheese? You want a piece of bread? You want a piece of fruit? And your child's going, eh, 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 and still pointing, and you're sitting there for 20 minutes trying to pick everything off the shelf. When your child can say, uh, I want an apple, mm-hmm. or I want a pear, or I want to eat, I want I want a cracker. So it just, if it, your child can tell you what they want, you won't be frustrated, and you won't be standing there 20 extra minutes and be like, okay, so what in the world does this child want? Right. Yeah. So you will know it's a way of communicating. And it's a way of of your child uh, using their fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. Because it takes fine motor skills, especially in little boys. I used to teach preschool, the four and five-year-old class. By the time the little boys get to uh, preschool, some of them have not developed their fine motor skills enough 
and they want to get into these private schools and they test their fine motor skills and they tell them they're not ready because they have very strict rules about if your child can write and cut with scissors and all these things that they're supposed to learn in preschool. So a lot of children, especially boys, little girls are detail oriented and they button up the little uh, doll blouses and boys usually give them a truck and they push it with their whole hand. Right. They're not using those those fine motor skills. So they're just, you know, anything that you can just open your hand and push, you're good with. No problem. Right. Until you get to the point where you have to write and you have to use those fine motor skills. So it helps with fine motor skills. And it's just fun to learn. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very fun. I, I used to go to, to the park for the two-year-olds and... I would uh, call their name and they would look my way and I would sign to them and they would sign back at me. And people would ask me, are they deaf? I said, nope, we're just playing a game. Mm-hmm. So we would play the silent game at the park and uh, we would sign and they would run. They would call my name and they would sign something to me and we would follow directions at the park. And it was a way of them learning more words. It was a le- way of us showing everybody else that it was okay to know sign language and still be able to hear and communicate other ways. I mean, you think about it, if a Spanish child went to the park with their Spanish nanny, they're communicating in Spanish. They right. may know English, but they're communicating in Spanish. It's their special way. It's the quickest way for them to communicate. Right. But with sign language, you're signing. You're, you, you're still communicating. So it's a fun thing to do. And I have found, um, because I'm not fluent at all in ASL, but my stepdad is. And he taught me, um, it was one of our favorite things to do when we had to wait in line for something. He would teach me signs while we waited in line because it mm-hmm. is a contained thing and you can do it quietly. <laughs> right. And so, but he and I even had our own way of communicating and it's nice like at a party um when he was you know trying to round us up because my mom and I are social butterflies and he's not as much um (laughs) you know he would start saying like ready like like now (laughs) he's like let's go (laughs) yeah exactly and so um, or I could say to him, cause sometimes he was the only one that could get my mom to go. I would be like, I'm ready, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but I've, I've introduced that to kids, um, at the park so that we're not yelling across the park. Right. So I would, right. you know, I would say like ready and they'd be, they'd be like five more minutes. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and yeah. then they don't have to stop what they're doing and like climb down from whatever they're climbing on at that moment. Um, right. They can just, you know, quickly do it with one hand. Or if we're at a play date and they're going to go to the bathroom, um, if we're like out and about um, at a play area, they can just say, like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then they go. It offers right. them autonomy um and they can like take care of their own needs and i'm still informed of where they are um, because that takes care of my needs as a nanny (laughs) um but they don't have to completely stop walk over to me say i'm going to the bathroom and then (laughs) go to the bathroom. you know they can just right catch my eye and signal and then go 
Yes, and it's also um, sign language has a lot of expression mm-hmm. and emotions, yeah. and it teaches children about emotions. It teaches them about expression, how to express themselves. Because when you say "I'm sad," you don't go "I'm sad." You um, you have. You have that sad look right. on your face, uh, or I'm tired, uh, uh, and and grouchy, and and you know, and it just, or, or whether you're scared, and you know, it it teaches facial expressions, it teaches emotions, so that they know they can look at someone and say, oh, she's scared, oh, maybe she's happy, maybe. There's the things that we learn in preschool. We do the little flashcard things, and or we read books and how can you tell that this person is sad? How can, how can you tell this person is they, are they happy or sad? I always ask questions when I read stories right. to kids to get them to see if they're comprehending. But sign language is also when they, you use those expressions, like you did just a minute ago when you said, I'm ready, please. <laughs> you know, like I'm ready to go. Yeah. It is an expression of, of you can tell exactly what's going on by looking at their face. And you can tell if they're distressed by looking at their face. Mm-hmm. And then they learn to in turn. So it's it's learning a new language. It's right. learning emotional reading, basically, of right. other people's emotions. Um, and it offers them a way of, of communicating before they're verbally ready to. Right. Um, cause I've got a 15 month old right now that I'm working with and she is picking up new signs so fast. Good. Um, and, and, but she loves it too. And she'll point to something. And if I know the sign for it and use it, then she wants to practice it over and over. And it, I can tell it's really fun for her. Um, yes. To, to be able to communicate because it's all new. <laughs> yes, yes. I've I've had uh, children who are autistic mm-hmm. or on the spectrum, and one little boy, his mom um, asked me. I was the first nanny, the first person who was ever babysat outside of the family, and I came over and she said, "Well, he's not verbal. He's two and a half, and he's not verbal." I said, okay. She said, he loves to smile. He loves to count. He loves to do this. So I started counting in with my hands. Right. And he started laughing. And she looked at me. She looked at him. And so I started counting backwards. And he started laughing. And then he's, he's got his little fingers going. And he's like, <laughs> I said, I said, yes, let's count. So I started counting with my fingers with him. And he was counting. And after about three or four weeks, he came or I would come over and he would just go and point at things for me to, to, to sign to him. And I would sign things to him. And some of the signs I didn't know. And like, and he's like, and he would point to something else. Like, what's this? And what's that? And what's this? And what's that? And I would sign and he would, he would repeat the sign. And then when I got ready, and he would literally push his mom and dad out the door. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's time for you to go. It's my time with her. We're going to go sign. And 
that was our game. The first thing I did when I got there is we did new signs. If he got new toys, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to brush up on your sign <laughs> language because this little boy is getting ahead of you. Yeah. So it forced me to learn more signs. And it, and it was a game to him. And it was a way of finally his world opened up and he could communicate. He could, and he started, soon after he started talking because he had a language. He had something that he, that was what I think he thought was all his and mine because mom and dad didn't speak sign language. So when I came over, it was like, yes, I can talk. So verbally, he started saying words, trying to trying to say words we would I would go with him to uh, speech and occupational therapy and the speech therapist was like he's been signing a lot lately and mom just smiled and looked <laughs> over at me she, he said are you the one who's been signing I said yeah she said and he said and he's been eating a lot more things because he had um, that sensory oral sensory he didn't like certain textures on his tongue and when I got there, he was only eating certain things. And I'm not saying that it was sign language, but me being there and doing the sign language with him and giving him words for different foods. And I, was, and I started, you know, just signing the foods. And then I started picking the foods up and eating them and signing them. And he picked it up and ate it and signed it. So it became a game and it got him to try new foods right. and try new textures. And I was like, well, I didn't know sign language could do that. But hey, if it's going to do that, let's do it. So it was a tool to get him to try new things. It was a tool to get him to become more comfortable with his environment, with new textures on his tongue, with trying new things, with trying language because he hadn't tried to talk before then. And I would talk as I would sign, and he realized that talking came with signing, and so he would try to talk. So it was an eye-opener with this one little boy, and I was like, I will never, ever, ever stop teaching baby sign language because yeah. even if they're, they're not autistic, there's still something that they can learn. For sure. And, I mean, thinking about that eating story – if I don't know what something is, I'm much less likely to try it. Like, if I don't have a name for what's put down in front of me, right? I'm less likely to try it. Um, this is true. And so I can completely understand how that would be helpful of giving something a name uh, <laughs> that's meaningful to that child. Because you just saying it might not be meaningful. But if they have the word, the sign, and they see you eat it. I can see why that would encourage a child to try something that they might otherwise be like, eh. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Because, yeah. That might be icky. And it's like, well, yeah, it might be. But this is kind of a, it helps uh, gear them towards curiosity over fear. Right. Which is something that I think we're always trying to do. All the time. (laughs) Even myself. (laughs) Right, right, for sure, for sure. Um, So we were talking before about, you know, if a child kind of puts their own spin on a sign, they wave instead of clutching their fists for uh, milk. Should you continue, because I can kind of see the argument both ways, you continue to sign the correct sign, 
Um, mm-hmm. And if they don't adopt, you know, the quote-unquote correct sign, and you know that they understand what they're signing, is there something to be said for potentially developing your own, like, co-spin on a sign? Or should you just continue to you sign the correct sign? Well, it depends on the child. Mm -hmm. Some children, it's a game to them. And they will never sign the right sign (laughs) because they like what they're doing and it's fun to them. Yeah. As long as I understand that child, then I will continue to sign the correct sign. And if they say, I have one little boy, uh, this is the sign for more. Mm-hmm. He would do it like this. Yeah. I want more. And when he got all excited and he really, really wanted something, he was like, please, please, <laughs> please. And I'm thinking, okay, this is please. This is more. But he really, really wanted it. And that's what he would do when he got excited or or he really, really wanted something. And I was like, you want, I said, you want to say please? That's, that's what you want? And he go, yeah, please. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> so he continues to, I would continue to, to correct them and continue to do the right sign, do it correctly so that they know, okay, this is the correct sign right? Uh, for please. Now, I know you're excited and that's why you're doing this. I said, please more. And he's like, yes, please. please. <laughs> so there is an argument of yes you should correct them or no you shouldn't correct them most children unless the sign language is carried on over beyond the two and three year olds beyond them starting to talk they usually stop using it anyway because it was a tool of communication when you look at it as a tool of communication sign language becomes different Mm -hmm. than if you're looking at it as I'm trying to teach you the correct way to do American Sign Language because I want you to know this as a second language. Right. With babies, I don't worry about giving them the right, uh, making them do it right. As long as I'm showing them the right way to do it, I'm okay with that because I know in a few months, you're going to be talking and you won't need this. You won't, you won't, it, it won't be a issue as to whether you want to use it or not. That once kids start talking, it's pretty much a done deal. Right. Yeah. Cause they don't need it anymore. Um, although I think potentially some of those signs can stick around. Um, yes. Later on if, if they continue to be useful. Um, right. but yeah, just like we don't sit down and like, really correct kids when they say like paschetti once they get older you know like we're not right but we also continue to say spaghetti um right we don't say do you want some paschetti we say do you want some spaghetti or like a lot of kids say my name marfa um and i don't correct them every time but when i refer to myself i say martha um and so yeah i think it it probably follows that same pattern of right of as long as you understand, um, go with it. <laughs> right, right. Um, that's great. So this is something that I'm asking kind of on a, for personal reasons. Um, okay. Can't like how do you teach more conceptual things like hot 
and cold versus like milk. You teach them milk, they get milk. That is like a pretty clear connection. It's a tangible object. Um, but like a concept like hot or cold, because here's what I want. And it might not be possible, but I hope it is. I would love for my nanny kids to be able to tell me when they are hot. It's Chicago. We bundle them up to go outside. And sometimes I feel like I bundle them up too much. <laughs> and right. they're hot in there. Um, and I would love to help them be able to communicate that. Is there, is there a way to do that? <laughs> hmm. Well... Sometimes I use um, ice uh-huh. to teach cold. Uh, like if it's cold outside or there's ice outside, and I'll say, ooh, it's cold outside. I said, we need to put a coat on because it's cold, out- it's cold outside. I said, do you feel that cold air blowing? Do you feel the wind blowing? And, and I, I just kind of just talk them through it, mm-hmm. the concept whether they get it or not at 15 months old right. is, it, you know, the only way they could probably get it. And, and, and this would never happen in a million years is for you to just like, okay, the stove is hot here. Put your hand here. That's hot. <laughs> right. You know, this is what's hot. Yeah. But you don't do that to no. children. Um, when I talk to children and I tell them, you know, it's hot, it's hot. You know, you can't touch it. It's hot. And they're they're looking at me. I said, no. I said, it will hurt you. I said, and we don't want to hurt ourselves, do we? And they're like, and I'm like, that's right. I said, it's hot. We'll let it cool down. Let's blow it and let it cool down. So then it'll get cold. And said, once it gets cold, then we can eat it. And I kind of talk through the concept so they'll know it's hot and, and there's an action that has to happen before I get to have it to eat. But as far as that concept is kind of, especially when you're talking about a personal hot. Right. That's at 15 months old. That's kind of difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) if it was something like, um, a candle or, or, or the stove and you want to tell them it's hot, that's a more tangible, I can see it. Right. Uh, don't touch it. Uh, and, and sometimes I'll get close to it and I'll go, Ooh, that's hot. I don't actually, actually touch it. And I'm right. like, Ooh, I feel it. It's hot. It's hot. I said, we can't touch that. It's hot. Or I'll, I'll get some ice. I'll get a cup full of ice and I'll put some water in it and I'll let them touch the outside of the cup. And they're like, they'll jump back. I said, yeah, it's cold. You feel it? And I'll put my hands on it and I'll say, yeah, you feel that? It's cold. Yeah. I, and and they get the concept of cold. It's easier to do cold than it is to do right. hot. Because you're probably not uh, going to hurt yourself with right. cold. You're probably not going to hurt yourself with cold. And they get to they get to feel it from the outside or, you know, even sometimes if they're old enough, I'll let them stick their hand in the, into the cup, mm-hmm. into the cold water so they can, and then they're like, oh, I said, yes, it's cold, isn't it? You know, just as an experiment. So they will know there's a difference between hot and cold, mm-hmm. but the concept of hot is kind of hard to teach right. at 15 months old. Yeah, for sure. I would say start with cold. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because you're in Chicago and there's plenty of cold 
weather. Yeah, it's still cold up here. I We just have had the longest winter. Um, I was so glad to be in New Orleans for the INA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can wear short sleeves. It's great. Um, but yeah, and so, okay, so that, that does help me, though. Um, and she has started, like, signing jacket when she wants to go outside. Okay. Um, so that's good. Because uh, she gets, like, that that is the first step right now to going outside. Once it gets warmer, I'm sure she'll learn that right. we don't always need a jacket, but right now we do. <laughs> right, right. It's a process. And once you teach children that this happens first and then that happens next and that happens, it's just like being on a, on their schedule. They know right. uh Nanny Martha comes in and she takes off her coat and she takes off her boots and she take, then she comes in and she says hello to me. And sometimes they're patient and sometimes they, I've had kids that want to come help me. Okay, you're taking too long, taking all their stuff <laughs> off. And they come and help me. Let's take your shoes off. Let's take your, and, and they're helping me take my clothes off. And they're like, okay, can I get hugs now? Oh, so, very sweet. So, yeah, so I, it's it's a routine. I take, I, and they're like, can I get hugs? I said, let me take my things off first, and then we'll get hugs. So if they know that it, things go in that order, then they'll expect them to go in that order. So now she knows before she can go outside, she has to put her coat on because that's right. what she's been doing all all of her life. Yeah, pretty I mean, much, it pretty much has been. <laughs> All of her life at this point. Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, wonderful. So if a nanny is listening to this and they are starting from a place of really no knowledge um, of how to approach this, what are some ways that a nanny can get started? Because, like, I'm learning new signs as I go because once we have a need for it, I'll try to go hunt down like a YouTube video of the sign or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I guess how, how can we kind of teach ourselves and then teach the children? Okay. So the easiest way, because, um, and it's not just because I'm certified by them, right? but the easiest way is to watch baby sign language, someone who actually does baby sign language and not just does signs that are easy for baby. There's a difference between that. Right. Some people do signs that are easy for baby and some people who do signs that are actually the ASL signs. And I would say do the ASL signs instead of the signs that are easy for baby because as they get older, if they decide to to continue using it, and you're teaching them the wrong signs, right. it's kind of confusing when they have to relearn that sign. But I was taught, now there are several signs uh, that, um, several words, should I say, that are, have several signs for them. Mm-hmm. But I would stick with, if you're going to do one with the child, stick with that one. Right. Don't teach them all at the same time because they're like, Okay, so what is that time? What are you talking about? What? And they're going like this back and forth because they don't understand what you're saying. Teach one sign at a time for that particular word. If it has more than one sign, just teach the one sign and stick with it. Be consistent with that one. Also, I would suggest you go on uh, 
I think it's on Netflix. They have babysitting time. Okay. Um, you can go to the library and get babysitting time videos mm-hmm. and watch them. I would also, there is a online dictionary and it's aslpro.com. Great. And if you go there and it pulls up a dictionary, it, it pulls up the alphabet and say, I want to look up Apple. You click on the letter A and then you scroll down all the words until you find Apple. And then there's a little box over to the side and someone comes up and they go and then the, it stops. It's like a, a like five second video. And then there's a way of testing yourself there, too. Oh. So you get a test, a quiz, and someone comes up, the little box comes up, and someone signs, and you have to decide out of the three words, which one is this? Okay. Now, some of the signs are easy because they actually look like what the word is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of them are kind of difficult, and you're like, what? <laughs> right. So it it just depends on, it, it, once you learn the words, they have quizzes, they have uh, things you can test yourself on to see, do I really know this word or am I just, you know, let me go back. And it'll give you a score and you can take the test as many times as you want. Right. So I always suggest to my parents, if you don't want to get the baby signing time and you can buy it, buy the baby signing time videos on Amazon.com if you want to have, purchase it and have it in your library. They are... Um, I think it's like 13 or 14 different volumes. Now, the baby sign language is four different volumes. Okay. But she also has an extended version where there are other words. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do that too. But that's that's my first suggestion is to start there. Those two things, watch the baby sign language videos because she has songs that she sings and it's easier when you hear it in a song and you're signing a song. Mm-hmm. It's easier to sign when it's in a song than if you're trying to remember what is that word. And I must admit, I learned all the songs and all the signs to the songs, and it helped me to remember. Yeah. And when I had my uh, Talk Talk play group when I lived in D.C., I would use the songs to teach the signs. And because it was easier for kids to remember in a song. And, you know, kids love to sing and I love to sing. I don't know about everybody else, but I love to sing. And it's just (laughs) easier to remember when you put it to a song. For sure. And um, and so you could because I know a lot of um, nannies, either they personally or the families that they're nanny for are not for screen time, but you could watch that on your own time, learn right. the songs, take it in, um, right. and teach it. And they have, they have the CDs. Okay. There's, there's a video, there's a DVD, but there's also a CD with just the songs on them. Oh, great. And a lot of the kids that, um, and they're, they're cute little songs Yeah. and I'll just be playing them in the house and I'll put them on, uh, put the CD in and I'll just be playing and I'll start signing because I've learned all the songs. I'll just start signing. And the kids are like, what in the world are you doing? And I'll just start. Signing. And they, and a lot of their nursery rhymes have hand movements. A lot of their, you know, you know, if you're happy, you know, it clap your hands, right. you know, it's the same concept. Yeah. Learn the song. They're, they're different songs, but 
they have hand. It's like a song with hand movements, but it's actually a language. Right, right. So that's great advice. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some of those because yeah, my little 15 month old it just can't get enough, and she's outpacing me <laughs> in learning. Well, I like so. I like the pizza song. Okay. Uh, it's uh, um. I like apples on my pizza. I like apple pizza. Please put some apples on my pizza. <clears throat> Don't forget the extra cheese. <laughs> and it goes through the apple and it goes through the candy and it goes through uh, spaghetti. It goes um, the cookie yeah. and then bread. Um, and what else is on there? It's a lot of different foods that kids yeah. will experience in the first couple of years of their life. Um, so, oh, and it goes to cracker and ice cream. So it's, it's, it's a fun song to learn. And it's one of those songs that builds upon uh, the apple. And then it says uh, candy. I like candy on pizza. And then it goes, I like apples. And then it goes, don't forget the extra cheese. And then it builds again to a third word. And so you go through the third word and it goes up back through the other. So it helps you to build upon words, but it goes back over the ones that you already learned as you go back through the song. So I that's love great. that song because that's how I learned a lot of the food signs. Yeah, for sure. I, that sounds very helpful. And food, like we were saying before, if you can name it, you're more likely to eat it. So Right. Um, so I think that that is a, a good place to start. And yeah, now my, my little one will tell me when she wants to eat or when she wants to nap. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, she started telling me when she's tired, which is brilliant. Because um, I, you know, I still watch for the window and everything. But a lot of times she'll just tell me and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. And, and when they tell you they're tired, more than likely they'll go in there and they will actually take a nap. Yeah. Exactly, because she uh, struggled in the first year of her life to get herself to sleep. And now that she has a word for it, you know, and a way to communicate when she wants to do it, nap time has been a dream, if you will. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, it's really great. So uh, is there anything else that you can think of that would be helpful? This is a, you know, people have whole careers built on just this. So this is just the beginning um, of, right. of things. Don't let this podcast be where you stop learning because right. always learn, just a, always learn and always learn. That's, that's just my philosophy. I'm always learning something new. I'm always trying to, uh, even if I feel like I know it, mm -hmm. There's always a tip or a trick. Oh, I got to try that. Oh, I didn't know I could do it that way. I've been doing it all this time this way. And there's a simpler, easier way to do it. Right. And when you think about it, all children are not the same. So having multiple ways of doing something for that matches that particular child, because like you said, your child will tell you, I need to go to sleep. And I usually use this as sleep mm -hmm. and because the kids it's just easier for them to go <laughs> like this because <laughs> they, they don't they don't necessarily get this part they just like I said, is it nap time are you ready to go to sleep and the, so they just go I had one child just went <laughs> and I was like okay 
Adorable. <laughs> so it just depends on the child. So never, 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 never stop learning. Never stop um, trying to figure out your child. Each child is different. They learn differently. And if it's not working for you, then don't force it. Right. Don't try to, I, I never try to force sign language upon a child. I just do it. As I speak, I sign. As you can probably tell, my hands are constantly moving. Yeah. Because I sign all the time. Um, even with the infants, I work as a newborn care specialist now. Even with the infants, as I'm changing their pamper, as I'm, as I'm feeding them, I'm talking to them, and I'm signing with my hands. And even if I'm not, even though I know I won't be there for a long experience, uh, extended period of time, it's just habit, and it keeps me fresh. Right. It keeps me um, keeping those those signs in in the forefront of my mind. Or else, if you don't use it, you lose it. Exactly. So that's one of the reasons why I sign. And I ask, you know, I ask parents, "Can I sign with your child?" Mm-hmm. And if they have questions, I answer their questions. And usually, they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, no big deal." Right. So, yeah, I do it. I can't imagine a downside. I know some parents still might not want you to, but for me, I can't imagine the the downside of it. <laughs> well, there is um, a stigmatism, right, uh, or should I say, a stereotype of about sign language that they it delays their speech. Mm. But when you think about it, a child that's learning two languages at the same time, any child that you get that's learning English and Spanish or English and German or English and Portuguese or whatever other languages they're learning, you will hear them say, hola, how are you doing? Right. Or, como esta? I need this. They are mixing those, uh, their languages together. So when it comes to sign language, they may not have the the verbal part of it. So with them, you speaking to them, they've got to translate it and then put it back out there. Right. That's with any language. Right. You've got to transfer, translate it and put it back out there. But as a child, they're like sponges. Mm-hmm. When they get to my age, you're like, okay, so... I'm going to need Rosetta Stone in my ear every <laughs> night to learn this language. Right. Whereas children, they pick it up just like that. And it, it, they're, they're little sponges. So why not teach them while they're young? Mm-hmm. And it does not necessarily delay their language because it's a translation going on. When it comes in, they're translating so they can pull it back out and give you an answer. And that's with any language, whether it's English or Spanish, or sign language, or German, or, or Indian. Uh, I'm not sure what Indians speak, but whatever <laughs> that language is, then, then you know, yeah. whatever the language is that you're speaking, Chinese, Japanese, whatever the language is you're speaking, children are learning and never stop learning. Right. And you're training their brains to learn more than one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. So Which... let the brains multitask. Yeah, and... Yeah, I, I just, I think learning more than one language is is beautiful. Yes, I do too. 
even if the you know the sign language drops off once they start speaking i still think it's a worthwhile enterprise yes it is um so yeah if you're listening to this and you feel inspired um to to learn uh i'll put some links down in the show notes so they're they're down there um and you can click on those and explore more um if someone's listening and they want to learn more about you angela where and how can they do that oh my goodness i'm so glad you asked (laughs) (laughs) well there's this little program called ask the nanny that's on monday nights at 7 p.m central standard time and it's all for nannies and NCSs and doulas, just anyone who touches the baby or the babies or the moms. Are, and lately we have been including parents. Yeah. So ask the parents. And you can find me there on Monday nights or you can come to And that's 7 p.m. Central. Central Standard Time. Great. Just yes. making sure. Chicago time. Chicago time. <laughs> Chicago time. So we're, we're right in the middle of the United States. We're in the central... Central Standard Time. So uh, you can find me there or you can find me at the Third Parent Academy on Facebook. Uh, I have a Third Parent Academy for my business where I do my uh, newborn care specialist out of. I also started a new business because uh, I just didn't have enough to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. I also started a jam business. I... I posted it on Facebook where I made some jam one time and somebody said, I'll buy that. Sure. Okay. I'll ship it to you. And it just kind of went from there. So you can find me on this jam. Good. Uh, That's awesome. On, on, on Facebook. So if you want some jam and it's, it's not your ordinary smuckers, uh, strawberry jam or grape jam. This is made with exotic fruits like, uh, it's called Lily Koi in mm. in Hawaii, but it is passion fruit. Uh-huh. And the my one of my favorites is a ruby tango mandarin, mm. which tastes like berries instead of an orange. Interesting. Uh, dragon fruit. You know, there's all diff- these different kinds of fruits, and I'm like, wow. And so I just go online and I find out what flavors match, and I create a jam. And they've, it's been doing pretty good. So That's if, you want to, if you're a jam eater, and I also want to pack it in special jars so that you can store it in the freezer for a year. Okay. So if you don't want to eat it, if you want to j- buy three or four jars at a time and save some for later without it spoiling, just stick it in the freezer. And it's good to go for a whole year. That sounds so awesome. I'm going to check that out, too. Uh, wonderful. Well, we end each episode with a cute, fun, uplifting story. And Angela has brought one for us. Yes. I used to take care of this little boy. He's now my godson. My husband adopted him as our godson. So, um, when I first started taking care of him, I would go in and I would give him hugs and I would go, mm-mm, mm-mm, So one day his mom came in and he said, mom, I want a hug. So his mom hugged him and she just kind of put her arms around him. 
He said, no, you're not doing it right. I need a Gigi hug because he called me Gigi. I need a Gigi hug. And so he puts his arms around and he goes, <laughs> so from then on, my mom says, okay, so I have been doing Gigi hugs for the last five years. So <laughs> he does, he has not let go of the Gigi hug. That's so amazing. I, f- I feel so honored that, you know, it started with me. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you for, for taking time to, to talk to me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I have, I, it's, it's one of my passions is, is sign language and teaching babies. So I, I love talking about my passion, as you can probably tell. I can, and it, <laughs> it makes such a difference when you're talking about something that you're passionate about. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. Bye. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.